This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're starting the new year on the right track with a women's and men's indoor track and field preview. Plus, men's basketball senior Jeff Spellman scored his 1,000th career point over the break, and the swimming and diving teams won six races in their dual meet at Dartmouth. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Since our most recent episode of the Bobcast, the women's basketball team finished 2019 on a high note with a 59-54 win over WPI. Sophomore Megan Graff scored a game-high 22 points, and senior captain Melanie Binkhorst added 11 of her own to lead Bates to victory. After the game, Binkhorst joined us on the live broadcast. Hey, we just worked as a team like the whole game. Like They're a great program, and we've been working so hard like this whole season to just get better every day, and it really showed tonight. Well, I don't, yeah, WPI's been a tough matchup in previous years. What was maybe different you saw today? We were just ready. I think we were prepared. Like we had a couple, we had finals week, and then we were prepared with a couple of different practice, a uh, couple of practices, and we were just like ready to come out and leave it all out on the floor for, for a full 40 minutes. This team in the past has, you know, occasionally relied on a three-pointer. Today, no made three-pointers, but got a nice five-point win. What what's that say about this year's squad? I mean, we just had some great defense. Like both teams, like we. Uh, we struggled to hit some shots, but we played defense like they didn't let anything else happen, and we performed the way we knew how to. And then, you know, as a senior, what's it like to see, you know, one of your teammates like, you know, sophomore Megan Graff and what she continues to do for this program, you know, game in, game out, it seems like, right? Yeah, I'm so <laughs> proud of her. She's given so much to this program. Everyone on this team has, and, like, it's really a team effort, and Meg has, like, really contributed in a lot of ways, but everyone contributes so differently, and so it's so valuable, every single person. I got to ask you, what's it like being the lone senior this year? <laughs> oh, it's, uh, well, I actually had in high school, so I'm a little used okay. to it. Um, but it's great. I mean, it, it, again, like, it's just such a team effort. I can't put more emphasis on that like it's there's really no like I don't feel like a senior I feel like everyone's doing this together like they're everyone's leads in their own way and I have Julia to co-captain with me and she's a great leader with me also sounds good 59 54 enjoy the break Mel congrats again yeah, on the victory thank you Bobcats winners here this afternoon over the engineers Last Thursday, the women's basketball team fell at Emory before winning 70-36 at Agnes Scott College on Saturday. Bates is 6-5 overall on the year, and the Bobcats host Wesleyan this Sunday at 2 p.m. in their first NESCAC game of the season. In men's basketball, the Bobcats dropped a pair of games in Miami before rebounding with a 98-60 win over the University of New England on Thursday and a 70-55 win at Thomas College on Saturday, moving their record to 7-3 overall. In the win against UNE, senior Jeff Spellman achieved a special milestone. Over to Mortimer, now snotty in the corner, thought about a three. Instead, he'll lob it over. Spellman, 4,000. Yes! Spellman is the 34th player in Bates men's basketball history to tally 1,000 career points as he knocks down the three. I'm happy to be a part of uh, Bates basketball history because you know, I've invested so much time to this program, so I'm happy that... I'll be able to come back one day and show my kids like my name's on the wall, but that's a good feeling. With Spellman becoming the 34th player in Bates men's basketball history to score 1,000 career points, we thought it would be a good time to talk to the 31st player to do it, Graham Safford, who led Bates to the Sweet 16 of the 2015 NCAA tournament, is now an assistant coach for this year's squad. We caught up with him on the phone. Graham, I wanted to start kind of um, what you've been up to kind of since you graduated from Bates, and what's, what led you back as an assistant coach this year? After graduating in 15, um, 
obviously I stayed in touch with, with John and, you know, kind of connect, kept a connection with, with some of the guys on the team still. And, you know, I'm super blessed it was able to work out this year and been very grateful for the opportunity. Uh, my first year out after graduating, I actually was down in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, working for the Charlotte Hornets down there. Um, and then the next couple of years, I was actually in Nashville working in wealth management and, you know, coaching at local high schools um, and, and an AAU program. And then I came back to Portland about a year ago. And, uh, you know, Furbush, you know, obviously was excited to have me back around and we were able to make it work. So, like I said, I'm, I'm super grateful to be able to work with these guys and, you know, a great group. What was the experience like working in the NBA there? Because that's not a chance many people get, whether it be coaching or playing. Yeah, I mean, it was a uh, you know once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I uh, actually went the whole summer after graduating, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do. So I didn't, you know, accept any jobs or anything like that. And um, Coach Clifford called me in, you know, I think it was late August, saying he had a, you know, spot available. Um, so, you know, within the week, I pretty much packed up my car and, and drove down to Charlotte and had to find a place to stay kind of on the way down there. Um, so it was a definitely a chance I took, and uh, I'm super grateful for it. I, I learned more about, you know, the game of basketball in that year than I probably have the rest of my life combined. Um, it was an unbelievable experience, and, uh, yeah, grateful. Excellent. Well, obviously you played under Coach Furbush here at Bates. Yep. What's it like now being an assistant coach for him after having played for him? I haven't played for him for four years. The uh, the transition to coaching has actually been pretty pretty fluid, I'd say. You know, obviously it's different in the you know aspect I can't control things on the court <laughs> as much right. as I used to be able to. Um, but you know, just the way we communicate, the way we work together, you know, it's it's, it's the same. It's the same. So uh, I think just think that transition has has uh, been pretty fluid. And before we get to uh, this year's team, your senior year, obviously, NCAA Division Three tournament, you know, third round, yeah. just a, a kind of a dream season. What really all came together, in your opinion, looking back uh, for that team in that year? Honestly, I, I really believe it was our leadership. You know, I, I was grateful to graduate with a class that, you know, guys worked hard and they just had their habits in line with, with what our expectations were. Um, and I think, like, even as freshmen – you know, we kind of saw, you know, the potential we had. And, you know, we had some talented guys come in behind us, you know, and, and in the classes behind us there. And we were able to just put it together and, you know, create a culture that, you know, create habits that carried over on the court, you know. So, you know, with our talent, obviously came expectation. But, you know, when you have expectations, you got to have the habits to to go along with it. And, you know, we created good habits, we created good culture, and, and uh, everything kind of just took its course. And so now as an assistant coach, how much do you use your playing experience, uh, your, the success you had uh, when you're working with these players in terms of, um, you know, maybe tidbits from your career? How, how does that come into play? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I try to be a resource. You know, I've played for Furbush for four years. I've been, you know, lived on the same campus, you know, stayed in the same dorms. You know, like I understand what these guys are going through, um, you know, playing pretty much similar opponents, you know. So I'm really just trying to be a resource you know, helping them kind of, you know, like I said, like I think the seniors have done a great job establishing, you know, high expectations for this year, um, you know, so just kind of helping them keep our habits in line with our expectations. You know, when our seniors are our hardest workers and our best players, and when your hardest workers are also your best players, um, you know, everyone kind of has to fall in line with, with the work. And I think they've done an outstanding job, you know, kind of establishing how we work here at base and, you know, moving forward and not looking behind. 
Yeah, and they're off to obviously a really strong start this season right now at, at seven and three on the year. Do you see parallels between this year's senior class and the, these four core guys to, and, and your year, your senior year? Yeah, I mean, it's a, talented, it's a talented group for sure. You know, I think these guys honestly probably have more talent than we did. Um, you know, and I think the biggest thing for us this year is it's a very, like, mature group. You know, I think even our freshmen are, you know, are, are old for their class. Um, so it's a very mature group. You know, I think we come to practice, you know, whether we win or lose, we come to practice with kind of the, the same mindset. Um, and it's, you know, I, I think that, you know, with some teams I've been on, when you have younger guys and inexperience, I think practices are what's hard. Um, so I, I would say that we're very – very talented, but it's a very mature group also. And then Jeff Spellman obviously getting joining that 1,000-point club that you're part of here at Bates. Uh, what was that game like for you to watch him do that? It's awesome, man. I mean, he deserves everything he's getting. I mean, you can tell he puts, you know, he's worked on his game for a really, really long time. And, you know, he really cares not just about, you know, wins and losses, but he cares about practicing. Like he practices hard. He comes to work every day. You know, he's, he's been a great leader for us. So, I mean, you know, I told him he deserves everything that he's got coming for him. So we just, you know, we're here to support him. That's for sure. Both of you being guards, how would you compare his style of play to your style of play? I mean, it's different. You know, he's definitely a better scorer than I am. Probably more talented also. Um, you know, so the biggest thing I can help with is, like, helping him get to his spots, you know, like letting him know what I see, you know, whether we're watching film or whatnot, and just making his job a little easier. You know, a lot of defenses really have been keen on him the last couple of years. You know, so especially with conference play coming around, like, you know, every little detail is going to matter for him to get to his spot to make his scoring as efficient as possible. Yeah, and you touched on conference play. Um, Non-conference game, we're talking on a Monday, Tuesday night against Brandeis, but then conference play starts Sunday um, Mm -hmm. there at Wesley. And once the NESCAC play starts, I mean, you experienced it for four years here. How do things change? I mean, it's a grind. We play Wesleyan next Sunday, so we don't actually start our back-to-back yet. But, you know, we haven't had a a back-to-back you know, other than down in Miami, and it didn't go so well for us. So, you know, I think, you know, just the mindset behind playing, you know, Friday night and Saturday or whatever the case may be, you have to reload really quickly. Um, and you don't really have time to think about, you know, what could have been or, you know, what was. you got to look forward and think about what's going to be. You know, so I just think, you know, and we'll talk about that stuff. You know, I'm, you know, like I said, we're a mature group, you know, and we have seniors who have who, been there. So, you know, we're going to be just fine. Great. Well, Graham, any other thoughts on, you know, this season as an assistant coach and how it's gone for you personally, uh, you know, returning to Bates uh, a little bit uh, in a you know, part-time capacity? Honestly, like I said at the beginning, I'm just super grateful to, you know, being with this group. It's a great group of guys. I think, the, you know, my favorite part so far is just getting to know, you know, the team. You know, obviously the last couple of years I've been, you know, a little more distant, obviously following, um, but just getting to know these guys, and they're all great guys. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I've, that I've learned from these guys so far is, you know, they care not just about, you know, where the program's at, but they care about each other, and, you know, they make my job fun, <laughs> for sure. The swimming and diving teams competed at Dartmouth College on Saturday, and the Bobcats combined to win six races against the Big Green. On the women's side, first-year Gabby Smart won the 400-yard individual medley in 4 minutes, 36.03 seconds, then went on to take first place in the 200 backstroke in 2 minutes, 8.25 seconds. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. The Bobcat ladies and men's team both had really good relays. Um, I think we kind of showed Dartmouth that although we are a D3 school, that we have some really fast swimmers. Um, and we're in situations like that, we're ready to step up our game and 
bring it and kind of show what we're made of. So it was really cool to see kind of all that happen and come into place despite there being a division difference and that type of stuff. So growing up in um, just outside Missoula in Montana, when did Bates first get on your radar kind of a possibility for college? Um, I was recruited for swimming um, by Coach Caceres, um, and I had never heard of Bates before. And I kind of got the email, and I just thought to myself, where is that? What school is that? I kind of was going to shrug it off, and then I looked it up and saw I was a really good school and started kind of getting in contact with Coach Caceres and kind of just went from there. And also, I understand you want to be a veterinarian, and this helps you prepare for that. Yeah, so um, Bates has a really good science program, biology, which is what I'm interested in. Um, since I do want to get into vet school, that's the goal. Um, and so far, my experience has shown me that it's going to get me there. So I'm really excited. So when did you start like working with animals? Because I know you do a lot of horseback riding and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, well, I live on a ranch in, in my hometown. And so I've been around animals, horses, cows, dogs, cats, sheep you name it, chickens. Um, and so I've kind of had that experience, and horses and cows especially always seem to get into trouble, so I've always kind of done a little bit of vet stuff. Um, and then I've actually worked at a vet clinic since I was 12 back in my hometown, um, which has been really good. I've gotten tons of experience, and my boss, who's one of my biggest mentors, one of my closest friends, has taught me a lot. So I've kind of been in that field, and I know what it's like and experienced all sorts of things, and now she calls me her uncertified vet assistant. So I experience what it's like and I do still want to be a vet so I'm hoping that eventually I'll get there. Excellent so when did you start like swimming competitively because you know people swim like I swam but I never swam competitively. How, when did that yeah. start for you? Um, well neither of my parents swam mm. and in Missoula there were some lessons and we live on the Clark Fork River and my mom just thought well better know how to swim we're in Montana there's a lot of bodies of water and so I started some lesson I think when I was three years old and I just kept going and there was a small group of my friends and I, we all started at the same time and we kind of went through and once we got to the end of swim lessons the kind of head lady was like okay so now there's swim team and of course all of us at the time loved swimming we were like okay I think that was when we were six maybe so then we started swimming with Missoula Aquatic Club when we were six and there was a group of I think 12 of us and we all went from six and then we all graduated high school together which was really fun so everyone stuck with it throughout yep. all of high school yep nice mm -hmm. nice yeah and how many of them are swimming in college like you? Or I think five of us mm. wound up swimming in college. Um, one of them goes to Long Island University, another one goes to NC State and mm. Xavier and Colorado Mesa, and then me here at Bates. So we're kind of all across the U.S., but we all keep in touch, which is really good. Excellent. So transitioning to college swimming, what's been the biggest transition for you, you think? Um, I think being so far away mm. is different, but then also – it's very different than club swimming. Club swimming is a team sport, but it's a little more individualized because you're not really necessarily competing as a team. It's a little more competing against your own times. But I call coming to college, it is a team sport, which I think is really cool. And everybody is always training each other on, even during practice, we're saying, okay, we're getting there, guys. We're almost done. And the team captain is always cheering us on, which is really cool. I really like the aspect, um, just kind of – a different atmosphere, I guess you could say. And I know you you won the 400 IM right against Dartmouth. Mm -hmm. That's 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 all four strokes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So how do you develop those four? That's that's a lot of practice time, I'm sure, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really great coaches and great teammates that kind of make it happen because the coaches write really good sets that 
really helped. My club coach and Coach Caceres are fairly similar, mm. um, which has been nice because I kind of know that my back home before coming to college, that kind of coaching style worked for me. And then coming here, it's just improved and made me better. So having good sets that are written and then having great coaches on deck that are there to critique and give positive feedback and then also having teammates there with me who train with me that I have people I can kind of train with and push myself and we push each other which is really good I know I think that, that helps have you gotten to be part of relays yet because I know the relays are what people really like yeah, yeah. the relays are super fun especially because they college against like so much about the team and everybody gets so excited for relays and the atmosphere around relays is so much fun I, they're definitely my favorite thing and then the training trip this past uh late December there, it breaks you down to build you back up, right? Yeah. Did you experience that? I mean, how difficult was it? Distance definitely hard because you just get a lot of yards in. Um, and the first couple of days, everybody's super excited. We're in Florida. It's sunny, going to the beach. Um, but definitely towards the end, you're really tired, ready to go home. But it's definitely, again, having your teammates there is very helpful because you know, like, the person next to me is suffering just as much as I am. So... <laughs> Well, Gabby, I'll, I'll let you go because I know you got to get to a meeting. But um, just any other thoughts on the season so far? Um, I mean, it's just been a really great season coming here. The team is great. Going to swim meets with everybody is super fun. Everybody's super supportive, um, which has been really great. And I'm really looking forward to see what we can do. We have big goals, and I think we'll, we're going to achieve them. All right, Gabby Smart, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. For the men's team, first-year Nathan Berry won the 50-yard freestyle in 21.71 seconds and placed second in the 100-yard freestyle to teammate Peter Corey in 48.19 seconds. And in the team's ultimate highlight of the day, Berry, first-year Nate Sommer, sophomore Andrew Hall, and Corey won the 400 medley relay by 2.49 seconds in a time of 3 minutes, 30.85 seconds. And Nathan Berry is our male Bobcat of the Week. It was fantastic. It was a really fun way to kind of gauge where we are in in the season because, uh, you know, with the them being a Division One and us being a Division Three, we knew that there was it was going to be tough to compete against them points-wise. But, like, our goal was to really try to give them a run for their money and see, see how much we could get up there and see what we could do after uh, our, our really hard training trip in Florida. I understand the 400-yard medley relay was kind of the highlight of the meet. <laughs> yeah, that was a great way to start off. Um, yeah, we, so we won that. We had four fantastic swims from four fantastic people. Uh, myself, Nathan Summer on breaststroke, uh, Andrew Hall in a breathtaking 100 fly, and then Peter Corey in a 100 free to finish it off. And, yeah, three three minutes, 30 seconds is not bad at all. Well, yeah, you and Peter, you go against each other in some individual races, right? Yeah, yeah, the 100 as well, yeah. <laughs> we uh, He just barely out-touched me at the end there. But What's that dynamic like, you know, competing against each other but then also being, being on the same team with the relays? Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. yeah. It's because uh, we, we can kind of compete against each other in practice as well. So it's kind of a, a really fun dynamic to be able to be on the – on the on the pool deck at the meets supporting each other and also you know swimming with them on the relays and then swimming against them yeah. in in the very next individual so it's really fun that we were able to go one two on that excellent so your background your older brother first of all swim at Bates graduated what 11 years ago now 2009 something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> chris chris berry the dark ages yeah chris, Bar- chris berry so um him being you know significantly older than you i mean mm-hmm. what do you remember when he was in college, I mean, how old were you then? You were pretty young. Yeah, so I was probably about five or five to eight, I think, was my age range while yeah. he was in college. And 
I still remember going to some of his meets, and uh, he played water polo as well, so I would go to some of his water polo games. And I remember this one time I made a sign that was like, go Bates on one side, and on the other side it said, go Chris, because he was the goalie, and so whenever he would get to the goal, I'd flip it around. Um, but I remember uh, I went to one swim meet, and Peter Casares, who was just the starting coach back then, he gave me the first super fan award. <laughs> and I believe the only one that has ever been created. <laughs> so you, you went from super fan to coming to Bates yourself to yeah. swim. Was it, a, was it a no-brainer for you really to come here? Well, I actually put in a significant effort to explore things away mm. from Bates because I didn't want to just go to Bates because my brother went there. Sure. And everyone's like, oh, you're only going there because he went there. So I tried to, you know, explore a little bit away. And I looked at all the NESCAC schools and uh, just – Bates was the only the only thing for me. And, you know, swimming at Coney High School, um, you had some meets right here at Tarbell Pool. In fact, this past, uh, I think it was this past February uh, 2019, you set a pool record, right? As a high schooler. How yes. cool was that? Did you know at the time it was a pool record? Uh, I had an idea. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I had, I had kind of looked at the record board before, and mm. I was like, oh, this would be a kind of cool thing. Um you know, so senior year in high school, I, I rested a little bit for the, I believe it was the, the all-star meet that we had here, mm. either that or one of the MSI meets. But yeah, I remember we rested a little bit for that. I think I put on a pretty fast suit and I was really ready to go that day. So I was, I was really pumped up and I loved the Bates block. So every, cause my, my old club team blocks were just like really short mm. and I couldn't really get anything from, so when I would come into the Bates blocks, it would be fantastic and I would love it. So. And I'm curious, you know, your your older brother swam, obviously, here at Bates. When did you start swimming? Like, when you were going to those meets, were you swimming competitively as a five- to eight-year-old? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I was yeah. still learning to float on my back. Okay. Um, I started when I was nine competitively. Mm. So um, not quite that early, but still, still, you know. What were those first few years like, you know, adjusting to competitive swimming? Um. It was really good. I had a, a pretty good coach who, like, loved all the kids, and we had a good kind of camaraderie to kind of ease me into the into the situation there. And it wasn't a ton of really hard work as a nine-year-old, but now it's, like, getting to, you know, pushing myself every day. We got to try to, you know, do well at NESCACs rather than just, hey, I'm swimming for fun, you know. Over the holidays, basically, uh -huh. uh, the team went to Florida for the training yeah. trip. How was that for you? Well, it was very difficult, mm. but that's the point of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, around the middle, it started to get really tough. And, you know, you're doing doubles every day, about 12,000 yards, which is about double what we do <laughs> during the normal season. Um, so it's really tough for me, especially being a sprinter, to deal with that amount of yardage. But it, the point of it was to condition you to a level that you can't get to otherwise. So um, having done that, I think that I'm going to be, be a lot better at the end of the season now because of that, mm. because now we're starting to transition into a lot of um, very explosive stuff and a lot of high rest, high intensity stuff rather than, you know, the opposite of that, which we did in Florida, which was a lot of yards kind of pound you out, break you down, and then we'll, we'll come back and do something awesome. And then dual meet coming up this weekend, I believe, right, with Middlebury? Yep, this Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. so back into NESCAC action, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, what are those dual meets? With, I mean, you've already had a couple with the NESCAC mm -hmm. teams like. Um, they're really fun, actually. They're like, 
I don't know. I didn't back in my uh, my uh, high school and club team days. I didn't really get the same sort of team environment that I have now, mm. because you know you're living with these people. You're eating all three meals together. You're practicing really hard. They're all your age range, you're, and you know that when you're in practice, the person next to you is working just as hard, if not harder than you. And so it's a really fun team dynamic to then be on the pool deck and you really feel like you're swimming for more than yourself because everyone's cheering for you and you want to do the best you can for them. Why sprints for you? Have you always been a sprinter? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, the distance thing doesn't work for me. <laughs> I, don't know. I have a very uh, high resting heart rate and a lot of fast twitch fibers. So distance is not really my strong suit, but I, don't know. I love sprinting and I happen to be, you know, decent at it. So Excellent. And then um, academically, how has that transition gone, you know, going from Coney High School to, to Bates College? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a bit of a jump. Mm. Um, you know, I had four pretty solid classes and uh, the workload is pretty high, but it was it was manageable as soon as you learn how to manage it. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't impossible, <laughs> but it was definitely harder than uh, some things in high school, so I, I was able to balance it pretty well, and I'm excited for the next semester. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts on the season so far and what you're you're learning about yourself maybe as a swimmer your first year here in college? Yeah, we're doing – well, one of the main things is we're doing a lot of heart rate stuff that I didn't really do, uh, you know, last year or anything. So we after, uh, after one of our aerobic sets, we'll usually, you know, look at the clock and, and feel our, our neck to – get our pulse and see how many beats it is in the 10 seconds and we have a whole like color set and like range for you to be in and during specific sets and it's a whole adds a whole nother dimension to the to the training aspect and i don't know it's just a lot of hard work with a lot of great people and i love it nathan berry male bobcat of the week thanks oh, so yeah. much thank you so much the track and field teams host MIT and Colby this Saturday at noon to begin their respective indoor seasons. Last year, the women's team finished 13th in the nation in indoor track, including a second-place finish in the distance medley relay. Head coach Jay Hartshorn previews this season. I want to quickly reflect on the cross-country season because it was such a great one. Obviously, the best finish ever for the team at Nationals. And he did it without, you know, anyone. I mean, Jill Richardson obviously had a great year. Olivia LaMarshall's right up there. But there were no All-Americans. It's a real team effort, it seemed like, right? Yeah, that's how our team felt the whole entire year. Like, we were in a good place to kind of have, like, two front runners. Um, but neither of them, you know, was like, oh, this is like a slam dunk. You know, like, I got this the whole way. So uh, we were just lucky that people kind of ran really well together. And it was... The whole year, I just felt like we didn't make any mistakes, which is kind of a funny thing to say about cross-country, but we were just really, really solid the whole way through. So when you get to nationals and you've been really solid, it just makes like executing a lot easier. Um, and some of the women had had a little bit of nationals experience before, and that makes it a lot easier, especially someone like Olivia, who had been three times, so it was much easier to be like, okay, I got it, you know, this is what we do. And for her, we were actually going back to a course she ran on her freshman year, too. So we had just been there, and that was helpful. Moving into track and field season, you have four captains, Olivia LaMarche being one of them. Uh, What makes her such a a strong leader for the distance runners? She just really leads by example, and it's been kind of an interesting four years because she joined our cross-country team a week after it started, actually, her freshman year. So she went from, like, 
her whole freshman year not knowing even how cross country was scored <laughs> to like, oh, I got this. I know what's happening. Yeah. So she had to really kind of like learn the sport um, to become a leader. And now she was b- abroad for all of track last year. So she's going to be back and I think excited about having that opportunity to like get on the track again and compete and, you know, see what she can do. And then Amanda Kaufman, um, she, she can do almost any event you need, it seems like. She's a really strong athlete and had a great year last year, right? Yeah, she was really good for us last year. Really, really good hurdler. Um, was on our distance medley relay team that was second in the country. Um, ran the 400 leg. And so that was really good experience for her. She ended up getting hurt for outdoor. So we're just going to be a little more cautious this year and use her like where she's really, really strong and computer probably a little bit less than we did last year and hope that we get like a whole entire year because it was clear that something special should have happened outdoor and we didn't get that opportunity back now it seems like healthy enough to definitely make an impact it sounds like yeah we actually do a time trial in december that we've done Mm -hmm. for years and we get out like the real timing system so we know like it's not just a hand time we know exactly what their time was and uh, last year, Amanda broke like the all-time record of that, and this year she ran faster than she did last year. So I think she's you know ready to go. But of course, we're just coming off of three weeks without access to tracks, which changes things a bit. What do you tell the student athletes in terms of when they they have these three weeks when they they don't have access to the facilities? How to how to you know ma- maintain? Because you, you have a bad three weeks, maybe you won't come back the way you want to. I guess. Yeah. Well. One thing is, like, the sprinters, jumpers, hurdlers, and throwers, they probably really focus on lifting during this time because anyone can just, like, join their Y or go to Planet Fitness or get something done. So they focus on that piece, um, and then we try to give them, like, a reasonable amount to do. The middle distance and distance runners are fine. They just, like, go outside, and and the tracks were clear, like, all over at least New England. And then, of course, you have people in California and the south, so they don't care. They can go on an outdoor track, but our tracks were clear until right before New Year's, so a lot of people are getting good work done outside. seems like this team has a lot of good pole vaulters, and one of them is um, one of the captains, Ashley Pratt. Tell us about the pole vaulting depth you have. Yeah, so we now have three pole vaulters, which is really exciting. We're a little lean in other field events, um, so it's nice, at least that one, (laughs) to be like, okay, we got three people, and two of them are sophomores, and they're all, like, pretty much the same, which is good. Um... And I think I've done a pretty good job of, like, trying to just support each other versus feeling very competitive mm-hmm. with each other. Um, but obviously that's an event there you have good days and bad days. But it was really helpful for Ashley when the two women came in last year because before that she was kind of, like, mm-hmm. the only woman. And so now this, like, allowed her to take on, like, more of a leadership role and to feel like she has, like, her own teammates at the um, event with her, which was, I think, really helped her vaulting. And then uh, Megan Seymour, the other captain, tell us about what she brings to the table. She just is like that classic, like really, really hard worker, you know, that uh, gets along with everyone and is just like super organized, super caring. So um, all of our captains are kind of like that, but there's always one that sort of stands out in mm-hmm. that way that's just like the lead by example kind of person. And so she's had a really good fall um, and I think has like taken on the role of being captain really well and so even though three of our captains are like sprinter jumper hurdlers are all 
kind of different in that. So they all train together, but they in some ways completely have their own groups and sometimes don't see each other, you know, at any practice. Obviously, the track team did have, you know, Katie Hughes graduate, Katie Barker, Aiden Eikhoff. Mentioning Katie Hughes, though, she was, she was a key thrower for four years. But every time I talked to her, she talked about Genesis Polino and what Genesis is going to do. What do you see from Genesis, maybe this her junior year now, being maybe the, the top thrower on the team? Well, actually, she's, like, having her first practice right now because they <laughs> she was abroad. Yeah, yeah. so she okay. was in Cuba first semester. Um, but, you know, so I haven't talked to her beyond just, like, this is one to show up. This is how to get cleared. Uh-huh. So I, I have no idea what she did in Cuba. You right. know, <laughs> I can't imagine it was like too much track specific stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it was like a great opportunity for her. So she's like really enthusiastic to be back, excited to be here, and yeah, she is like um, has to take a big role on for our team. It's just the way that it is this year for sure. Who are some others who made me to step up a notch this year, perhaps with? you know, the people who did graduate to fill those voids because the team has obviously had a lot of success the whole time I've been here and before that as well. Yeah, so we we have the people that are there. They're just maybe have been stuck or hidden behind yeah. other people for other years. Um, you know, with our distance medley who came in second last year, well, three of those people are still back. Mm-hmm. And um, Vanessa and Elise both had really good indoor seasons. Um, we have a lot of middle distance and distance mm-hmm. depth right now. Um so that's really good and like a big group that will sort of push each other. I think a lot of our sophomore sprinters um, had much like better falls and maybe got through some of the like the bumps and bruises of last year. So they're really ready to take a step up. Um, we actually got Paige Rab back. Mm-hmm. She was abroad last year. So, you know, we haven't seen her in a couple of years, but she should like add um, some depth for us. Imani Bogan's coming back from abroad. We haven't seen her. So like... The pieces are all there. It's just going to be a year we're going to have to be patient through January, which I think is good if you kind of like start off a little slower and and are careful with how much you compete people and try to put people in some different events and give them good experiences. Um, and then we have a bunch of first years. A lot of them are just kind of what I would say like new to track or, of course, like new to college track. So it might yeah. take them a couple weeks, but I think they'll – you know, definitely add to our team. Well, Jill Richardson being one of those first years, she's very familiar with this track. She told me she ran here all the time. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> that's funny. Well, their uh, high school practice just ended. Yeah. And I, uh, I guess that's one thing that's good about being a head coach is I don't go to the high school practice <laughs> and monitor them and make sure people aren't running into each other. Yeah. Like our assistant coaches take care of that. Um, what I'm excited about with Jill, though, and when she was – Running in high school, she just always ran a ton of events. That's yeah. just like how the team was set up. So it's going to be really different when you know she gets from Saturday and like runs an event and is like, that's it. <laughs> like, when's my next event? Um, and then some of our events are a little bit longer than she did in high school. So it'll be interesting to see if we move her in that direction or not. I mean, if we just like kept her in the mile for a year, she'd be um, perfectly fine there. But you know, I think eventually she'll move up a little bit. Tell us about the meet this weekend. I mean, you've, you, they only have to practice starting, I guess, these few days and they have a meet already. Right? Yeah, I think hopefully others, the other schools are in the same boat, you know. <laughs> um, it definitely will feel a little bit weird, but at, like, some point you just kind of, like, have to rip that Band-Aid off. Um, we feel a little bit like we had less practice because cross-country went right up to a very late Thanksgiving 
So we only really had one full week of practice and then one week of finals practice. Um, you know, the other track kids obviously have been going since November 1st, but I'm talking about like your whole team yeah. being there. This is really kind of like our second week um, with a lot of work that's been done before that. So it does really feel in some ways like the start of the season and then you start competing um, and then just know in another month it'll be like that much better. Has MIT and Colby this week? Yep, just MIT and Colby, and okay. we've done this meet. Yeah. Um, it rotates, you know, between us and MIT. I'm sure Colby will get in the rotation once their facility opens, too. That would make sense. Um, I think we've done it almost as long as I've, I've been here. Mm -hmm. So MIT is always really, really strong, but they're really great to compete against because they're always going to have entries in every meet. So if you want to have a small me that takes faster and is more exciting you have to make sure that teams are really good or else other some team might be like have no hurdlers or i have no this mit always has everything so between um and we usually do we try to yeah. I and mean, that's like our goal so it always is like good competition um without the meet taking like 10 hours it's the way track should be it's like a three and a half hour meet and that makes it really fun yeah mit i think i've you know heard in the past they basically treat every meet like it's a conference championship is sort that, of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good because it raises. Yeah, else, it raises right? everyone. Yeah. You know, there's just like one mode. It seems like is go uh, for them, and it's it's a little different. With I feel a little bad, maybe for some of our first years that are like, what? You know, like this is <laughs> like yeah. to bring that intensity to like your first experience, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll go to some other means, and they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, um, but it's good to have both you know and you need to kind of have both ends of the spectrum and to see like okay this is really what the best is and that's where we want to be you know and then we have some other meets that like clearly you realize like wow our team is like really really good and way better than these other teams so it's it's definitely a good start um you know it can be intimidating but it's great the men's track and field team is coming off an 8th place finish at the New England D3 Indoor Championships last season. Head coach Al Farashidian looks back on the cross-country season and looks forward to the first track meet of 2020. It was a great year for us just to have that type of experience and, and to, you know, kind of bring another group back to nationals and, and find out, uh, you know, the level of competition. you got to be prepared to step up. And, you know, and, and we didn't do a great job of it in, in that meet, but uh, uh, I think the, the general consensus was that, uh, you know, this was a team that really developed and really grew an awful lot. And we're excited because I think they're going to carry that momentum, plus what they learned through that experience of not performing well at nationals uh, as motivation moving forward. So I think we've got a, you know, a strong group, you know, heading, heading into the future. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like they're coming right in. Most of them, I'm sure, are doing indoor track, right? So in distance events, I'm sure they're very motivated. Yeah, we, we do. We Of course, we do have a couple of Nordic skiers, so we lose right. them for the indoor season yeah. and, uh, and hopefully kind of gain them back a little bit later on mm -hmm. uh, in the year. Year, but but uh, for the most part, you know, uh, we look at our team. Uh, you know, we had one senior in that in that squad uh, going to nationals. But even more than that, we had 19 of our top 20 are returning next year. So we got a tremendous group. You know, coming back and, and outside of those two guys we lose to Nordic, we've got some depth that are that are coming into the indoor season. Should should really add some strength to the team. So for indoor track and field, let's start with the throwers. Um, obviously, John Rex returns after competing at nationals, both in indoor and outdoor last year. And I know you work with the throwers on the women's team also, so you were working with Genesis the other day. Well, where, where are those two in their development? 
Well, Jen's just, uh, she's yeah. she was a junior year abroad in the fall, so so she's just getting back and getting started. Yeah. And, you know, we'll use the indoor season. She, she actually looked quite good in her first session, so kind of excited about that. Uh, but, you know, I, I know that there's sort of a learning curve that takes place, and, and probably what we'll see with, with her is is kind of using most of the indoor season to kind of get really kind of caught back up, and, and I think we'll really see some things as she moves outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know she's refreshed and excited to be here, ready to go. Uh, on the men's side, we're pretty pretty excited. The the squad's a little leaner than it has been in the last few years. Uh, we've got a crew of four guys, uh, but I've been really pleased with what I've seen in the fall. Johnny Rex is doing a great job. You know, Johnny probably um, was one of the most improved uh, track and field athletes in the nation last year, from his freshman year to his sophomore year, and and I think he improved so much that I I'm I'm not sure that uh, that that uh, uh, he was prepared for the improvement that he he saw. But I think this year with another year. Of maturity, another year of experience and, and some time to really kind of put some things together. I think we're going to see some tremendous things out of him and, and uh, you know, he's going to clearly come back and be, uh, you know, established very quickly as one of the premier throwers in the country. So so that's great. Uh, you know, joining him, uh, Zach Smith, his classmate, you know, he was an SCAC champion last year in the Javelin and, and he's put a great fall in and I've never seen him look as good as he does now. Uh, so we're going to see him take a big step. Uh, John Everett came in last year as a freshman and, you know, kind of into a kind of intense situation because we had a very deep and heavy throwing squad and, and it's one of those things where I think he learned a lot but he's changed a lot this year and I, th- I suspect we're going to see some great development out of him. Uh, we've got a nice freshman in Liam Byrne who's coming in and has a tremendous attitude. He's jumping right in there with Johnny and Zach and, and John and John Everett and, and seeing some good things. So I think it's going to be a fun group. Uh, you know, definitely one that, you know, Johnny's going to set the tone for it but, but there's, you know, there's going to be contributions from a lot of guys. Yeah, because, I mean, Zach throws a javelin, which is an event that John does not do. I mean, but Zach also does some of the events John does, right? So it's a little bit of a different approach, perhaps, with him versus John. Yeah, and, you know, of course, indoors we're limited to two events, the weight and the shot. So so everybody kind of focuses on those. But, um, you know, we'll start, you know, probably next week we'll start picking up kind of sort of our javelin work and preparation. And Liam Byrne, one of the new guys, is also a little bit of a javelin thrower, and we'll work our multis in there. So I I think it's going to be, you know, uh, a a pretty dynamic group by the time we get done. Well, you brought the multis. Uh, Brendan Donahue, what a season he had last year. Unfortunately, you know, there at NCAAs he had had to withdraw, but, I mean – before that, he was on pace for another career best. What have you seen from him so far? Yeah, he looks fantastic, yeah. and, and he's one of our captains, along with Johnny, and just a great leader and, and a great example. You know, it's fun how, you know, you've seen it over the years, but how our athletes handle, hand down the tradition from yes. one guy to another. And we've seen it in the throws, obviously, forever, and but we've also seen it in the multis. And, and I can remember, you know, um, uh, Brendan having one year with Blake Downey, and, and Blake Downey being influenced so much by Eric Wayman, who was a great one for us. And Eric was so influenced by David Hardison. David Hardison was so influenced by, you know, uh, you guys that came before him, Joe Northrop's and, and, mm-hmm. and some of the others. And, and you know, so it's, it's we're seeing that taking place. And right now, you know, uh, you know, Brendan looks great. I, I really feel uh, he was on the verge of potentially being an All-American last year outdoors. Uh, had he got through that hurdle race, um, I think uh, I think the whole the whole uh, meet would have turned out a little bit differently, unfortunately. You know, uh, he pressed a little too hard, tripped, fell, kind of banged himself up wasn't able to continue with the rest of the meet but uh he was on the verge of some big things and and uh you know i think he's going to pick up right where he left off you know last year and the 
cool thing is is we've got uh, a really good young group underneath him. Uh, Liam Evans was a freshman mm-hmm. last year, and he's he's prepared and ready to step up. He's already kind of kind of taken on that mantle, and we've got a freshman uh, Evan Co- Cook who's going to be I think outstanding, and he's going to work into that area too. So that's going to be a strong event for us. Excellent. So your first meet this weekend it's at home, and my team Colby coming to Merrill Gym. What do you look for from the team in that? In this very first meet, kind of, what are you kind of looking for in different events in terms of, you know, benchmarks and whatnot? Yeah, it's a little hard to say. First yeah. meet is really challenging yeah. uh, because you just don't know what you're going to get. Well, right. First of all, we, we did had a great fall, and then we sent everybody home for three or four weeks, and, and we get them back today, and we find out, you know, hopefully yeah. uh, that they've invested a good amount of time and effort to maintain the fitness that, they, that we've worked hard to develop. Uh, you know, we're going to run into a buzzsaw with MIT. Uh, they're perennial uh, New England champions in track and field, and, and they take every meet seriously. Yes. They're going to try to win every meet, and, yes. and, uh, and, and ultimately winning this meet isn't the biggest you know prize in the in the in the toolbox so to speak that we'll be looking at throughout the course of the year but it's an important meet and it's a good chance to step up against great competition and of course Colby will be there so we get our chance to see a little bit of them and get a peek of them but nobody's really ready at this time of the season so people will be doing you know, I, and it's, we certainly will be. We'll be putting some people in some different events that aren't necessarily their prime, particularly on the track, that may not primarily be their their best events. But these are kind of developmental opportunities that we want to try to stretch the athletes a little bit and just see where they're at. Kind of, and really, more than anything else, a big diagnostic tool for us to make the adjustments that we need to make moving forward. Well, we touched on two of the captains, Brendan Donahue and, and John Rex. You obviously have. Uh, uh, I believe three other captains, right? Yeah. So Bofis Campolo being one of them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's been a big contributor since since day one, right? Yeah, Bo is great. He yeah. just brings a level of energy and excitement to the team that that really fires everybody else up. And I know he's got set some high goals for himself. He came off a you know they came off a great soccer season this fall. We're pretty excited. We got a, a number of uh, two sport athletes joining us, particularly for this indoor season, and and he'll be one of them. And 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 uh, I think he brings that 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 level of you know that team energy. That that uh, you know that focus on winning and competing and 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 uh, you know into the team and I think he'll do a great job. I've watched him for the last few years and you just see year by year the influence that he has on the team and on the on the athletes around him has just grown uh, increasingly. So he, you know I know he's looking forward to setting some high goals and particularly I think he's kind of kind of uh, focusing a little bit more on the high jump and probably the long jump. Uh, he'll hurdle uh, with us from time to time and he'll be a good part of that that crew as well. Which should be pretty deep, uh, but he, I think he's going to give us a really good, strong presence in the jumps. Excellent. Tell us about your two other captains, uh, Jeremy Bennett and uh, Anas Rita. Yep, uh, both are going to be outstanding. Anas is a senior, and, and uh, uh, he's just—he's uh, been one of those guys that he, he just leads from example. He—he he wouldn't even need to be a captain because he's going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we uh, promoted him to that position because he has such a strong presence on the team. Did such a fantastic job during the fall. The fall is an important time for us to really kind of get things together and. You need that type of inner team leadership that's not just coming from the coaches all the time, but but you know that that can kind of keep everybody motivated. He's been a great role model, great example for some of the younger guys. And then on the distance side of things, Jeremy Bennett, uh, who's also been he's been one of those guys that's been kind of in the background a little bit, but he's never been in the background in regards to uh, in in regards to his commitment to the team, mm-hmm. his his respect 
on the team by the other guys um, and and his ability to communicate across groups. So, you know, kind of we, we move from cross country, we were one group of, of, of athletes, but we move into track and then we've got middle distance runners and we've got distance runners and he kind of bridges that gap and he's going to be able to really do a nice job. Very highly respected from the team and, and I know that this means a lot to him, so he's going to put a ton of effort into it. I know this time of year I'm you know thinking about, you know, goals for the team, you know, heading into the year. I know Justin Levine, I was talking to him during the fall scene is like, you know, we've we've never swept the main state meet since I've been here. We've yeah. won like two or, or or one, but this year I we want to sweep all three. Is that something you've been thinking about also? Yeah, that 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 would certainly be something, you know, from a tangible objective yeah. that we'll go into the season looking at. And you know, and and I think one of the things we're going to focus on this year is really kind of really developing that community within our team of what it takes to be successful. So so yeah, we're going to have goals out there like that, and that will be a big one obviously, particularly when we get to that point in time. But but I think more important to this team is going to be developing the process and making sure that the process of what we're doing is, you know, we'll, I've always believed that the process will generate the results. So we got to make sure we're getting the process right. And and we're actually going to spend a lot of time this week working with uh, Marianne Cowan uh, over at Purposeful Work uh, across campus on really kind of sharpening our focus and, and, and really developing, a, a you know, a vision for what this team can do and where we want to go and what we want to do. So, so, but yeah, that will clearly be one of those objectives that we'll look at doing. And, you know, we always have great competition with Bowdoin and, and Colby's going to have some great athletes in certain areas. And Southern Maine uh, tends to have, you know, outstanding, you know, national caliber athletes all the time. It's just a matter of getting the right people together at the right time. So it's a highly competitive meet. Uh, we love it. I mean, I don't think there's anything better for track and field than that, you know, than that team scored, you know, small championship kind of kind of experience that they get. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap a big home weekend for the squash teams. The men's team hosts MIT Friday at 1 p.m., Williams Saturday at 11 a.m., and Connecticut College Saturday at 4 p.m. And the women's team hosts Mount Holyoke Friday at 6 p.m., and Williams at Connecticut College at the same time as the men on Saturday. Then on Sunday, the basketball teams open NESCAC play against Wesleyan, and the swimming and diving teams return to NESCAC action with a dual meet at Tarbell Pool against Middlebury. We'll recap all that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates,